Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adam Marcy Unplugged. Now this week we're taking a little bit of a different turn. I told you I was going to bring Legends onto the show, as I've done every single fucking week, because I have been bringing you Legends. This week is no different, except for it's not so much a business legend. It's a jujitsu legend. He's a badass. And I can say that because I'm actually terrified of rolling with him. Even though I think... <laughs> wait, you're five foot five, right? Or are you I got three. I got five, five, and three quarters. I'm almost. I'm almost at, at six. If five, I have six. the right, if I have the right slippers. Yeah. Thing is, here's the crazy thing. I'm six foot tall, and this guy will maul me and eat me for breakfast. That's mm-hmm. pretty much how it is. Which is why I'm slightly terrified, but also really excited to meet him. Which is the sadist in me. But hey, that's why you do jujitsu. Um, <laughs> that and for the cuddles. But real quickly, just shout out to the sponsors of the show today, adelmarcy.com. Go check out all the previous episodes we have on there, as well as the email training that we've been pushing out. It's been getting great response. We also have the newsletter coming out on the back end of that as well. Um, as always, theabrasiveentrepreneur.com. You know, Shane actually does his thing, teaches some cool shit about how to basically understand the psychology of your Facebook ads. And I want you guys to actually follow Mike on Instagram. Which is Instagram.com for his, his handle is the Fowler Effect, F O L E R, F O W L E R. Sorry, I told you Mr. W there. So F O W L E R Effect. Um, the dude is absolutely awesome. And if you're into like martial arts, understanding philosophy, and just kind of like just having a cool person to follow, hit him up. Trust me, you will not, you will not regret it. He's a really cool dude in, in every entirety, which is why we have him on the show. Mike, thank you for being here, my friend. Hey, thank you, Dale. I appreciate it. Ah, uh, awesome stuff. And I actually love the fact that you actually got my name right. So happy. <laughs> like, you have no idea. Like, Americans, like, ha- have, like, four different names for me. I'm like, oh, damn it. Pick the right one. Okay, cool. <laughs> and you did. I was like, yes, he got it. <laughs> oh, so it's a celebratory moment for me, man. It always is. So just a real quick heads up for everyone listening to the show. Um, so just to give you a little bit of background. Um previous to the show just like literally moments before and we were talking about like how i love i like being the only uh, i don't like being the only asshole in the podcast so i encourage everyone else to do it and he goes my mother uses that as a term of endearment and i was like so does mine and i was going to tell him the story but i thought i'd get you guys in on it basically my mom watched uh got shown suits like the first two seasons like uh, best of harvey specter and uh my friend who's like my little brother basically showed it to my mom I came down the stairs on my dad's birthday, by the way. I was like, hey, mom, how's it going? She just looks at me and goes, you're my little asshole. I love you for that. I was like, what? what? <laughs> and then he goes, I showed her the Harvey Specter roll clip. And I was like, and she goes, she was like, no, that's you. She's like, you're a giant asshole. And that's why she loves you. I was like, oh, yay. Very good at persuading. <laughs> okay, so that's what we'll go with. But Mike, tell me a little bit about something here. How did you essentially get into jujitsu? Because like that is, um, it's an amazing sport for sure. But I want to know your story and your journey into it. Um, let's see, uh, to really begin where I began, uh, it would go back to seventh grade, um, in my math class. And, uh, that would have been what seventh grade was like 95, 96, 95, something like that. Wow. And, uh, um, my teacher, she was like, Oh, why she's like, why didn't you wrestle this year? And I'm like, I don't know anything about wrestling. I don't, I didn't play sports at all. I wasn't in shape. I was a little fat though, ball kid, not, not big, big, but I, I had some roles that I needed. I shouldn't have. Yeah. And uh, she's like, "Oh, you look like you'd be great at it. You know, you have the. You know, I was I was still a little stocky kid. So she's like, "Oh, so the next year, eighth grade, I tried out. I showed up the tryouts. Uh, they put me up with another another. Uh, you know, it was actually a not like a friend. He was like more like a he was more like a bully, but he'd still be nice. So that was a back and forth thing. But uh, he grabbed me and tossed me in the first. I I swear to God, the first five seconds and cracked my collarbone. And so. Uh, 
I sat there on the side for the rest of it. Like that wasn't fun. And so then I was so like over it. I was like, I just didn't, I, you know, I just, I couldn't finish it. It was, it was too late. My collarbone was cracked. Uh, you know, that was it. So ninth grade, I decided I would, uh, I would try out again. And the only reason I made the team is because they didn't make cuts. And I just found out that I sucked at it. And uh, <laughs> 10th grade, I sucked so bad. Or actually, you know what? I go back. I actually got submitted in ninth grade. I went to the districts where you know where all the schools meet at the, at the yep. end. Mm-hmm. And the kid I went against put me in a reverse triangle to pin me, but he choked me. And I remember <laughs> tapping out. And there and my teammates like, you can tap out. I'm like, I don't know, but I was choking. And uh, and but it never like correlated. And maybe like after I had finished high school, and I was just still, I would still like dabble in wrestling, but I never, I never finished a season. I never, I didn't even wrestle tenth grade. I tried eleventh and twelfth for like a few months and just kept quitting. And I uh, just n- didn't have a love for it. And uh, one of the referees would bring his kids to like our wrestling club at my high school. And uh, and this was just after I, I was, uh, you know, just at the end of, uh, of my school year in 2001. And he like showed me an arm bar and showed me a triangle and some stuff. Oh, it's cool. And I didn't really pay attention to it. And then um, I went back maybe one more time during the summer and he was there and he's like, oh, like, you know, come check out the gym. So I decided the next Saturday I'd go check out the, the jiu-jitsu gym and you know, the uh, the little bit he had showed me just like carried me in, you know, because of the wrestling I had. So it was like I was able to like hang with everyone right from the beginning. And I just caught a bug for it. I think I signed up for the year the following the following week. I'd already paid for the year. And then, and then within two weeks of that, I did my first MMA fight. Wow. So that was all back in 2001. Wait, so who was your first coach? Because you, you trained out Lloyd Irving's team for a while, right? Was was he your first I did. Coach? I, um, sorry, my coffee. No, um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Lloyd's gym. It was uh, it was Lloyd had a purple belt named Ken Parham and a really awesome guy. Amazing, you know, amazing athletic, just awesome personality. Uh, but I didn't meet him until way later. He was teaching at that gym randomly while he was in the while, you know, because he lived in the area. But when I showed up to the gym, he wasn't there. It was like I think there was two blue belts. Uh, one was uh, I remember TC, uh, TC Bobbitt, and I couldn't remember the other guy, but I remember they were the main ones teaching the classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, t- one guy was teaching Sambo, the other dude, and then TC would teach a little bit of jujitsu. And, and you know, they would just kind of go back and forth. Who would and so and I didn't like the gi at that point. I still was like a wrestler, <laughs> and so uh, that's why I was doing the MMA part. And so uh, I would put the gi on for you know whatever class I had to attend, but I wasn't doing the gi, and. Uh, and uh, what, so it was which, that gym, but so that guy Ken wasn't there. So it was an affiliate gym, but it wasn't affiliated at the time, kind of. Yeah. But one dude was actually driving up to Lloyd's like every other week, and uh, I think after about six months, I went. I caught one ride with him one time, and that's when I met Lloyd about uh, that time, and then and then uh, finished my journey there. Wow. So just real quickly for for the people that actually don't know about Mike, um, it's humorous that he is um, he hated the game. Considering he now has a gi named after him, he literally has his own like legit gi, and if, if I'm like fucking asshole, just like has his own thing going. I'm like, like I love that, but also at the same time, I was like I didn't like the gi at the time. I just got very good at it very quickly, so fuck everyone. Um, but yeah, the speed of which you became a black belt was ridiculous. Like, do you want to know the other side of that coin? Yeah, like I know. I'm guessing Not- you like spent a lot of time in the gym. Well, no, the other side of that. Like at in the beginning, I didn't like the, it. wasn't until I got my blue belt that I, I fell in love with the gi, and then I never wanted to take it off. Oh. I hated no gi. <laughs> I I still don't enjoy no. And I, now I really don't enjoy no gi because I sweat too much. I'm just a sweat. I just, it's just not fun. I get so I say after one round, I need a whole new set of clothes, or it's not going to be cool. And to, uh, to be honest, you're in Arizona where it's hot as shit. 
<laughs> oh no, right now I'm in San Antonio, so I think yeah, exactly. still hot as shit. You're basically yeah. in really hot places. If you went to like Minnesota, I don't think you'd sweat that much in the yeah. winter. You'd be like, give me more clothes. <laughs> but my best wins are in nogi, and so when I like people are like I, I, I really don't like nogi, they're like, but that's what you do good in, and that's like ah, and that's what makes me it drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, that's like the best thing ever. I hate the gi. I really like nogi. Okay, I love the gi. I really don't like nogi. All your best wins are in, yeah. in nogi. Shut up. <laughs> it's like it's, it's a thing. It happens. Muscle memory. So real quickly, like I'm curious on your journey from like white belt to black belt because like how quickly you went through it. Um, and of course, I'm a blue belt, but it took me like four years to get my blue belt. And the reason simply was uh, I got my first three strikes on my white belt within 11 months. So it's kind of like pegged. I'd get my blue belt within about a year, maybe a year and two months. But during my 10th month at my gym, I had to move cities. I had to move from like Plymouth to London. Um, and I stupidly didn't join a gym. I thought I'd just compete for a full year. Um, did my competitions. Did okay. I sucked. But, like, you know, that's what what happens. And then, the sec- like, 2016, I decided to actually attend the gym I'm at. So I'm part of, like, Checkmat and Fight Zone. Trained for a year there. And, uh, unfortunately, I got four months' worth of, inju- of injuries. So when grading ca- time came in, my instructor was like, yeah, you've really had to take too much time off, so I can't really grade you. I had to wait a full year afterwards to finally get my blue belt, which I have to admit to you, probably mm. one of the most emotional feelings you can have. But like for someone like you who basically went through it, was it like three years? Three years, if I'm not mistaken? Um, just under four. Just under four. So just under four years. What was it that was so different about you that got you to progress so quickly through? Um, to be honest, like I said, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't crappy. I wasn't bad at wrestling. I wasn't good at it either. Like, it, you know, I, I didn't, you know, it's like, um, I'm trying to think of the best way, but like, people always think like I did something special, like I was already gifted ahead of time. Like, you put that gi on, I kind of fell apart. Like, and especially in the beginning, I remember guys would joke, you know, they'd pull guard and I kind of, you know, almost even fall over, just didn't have a sense of base. And I, I really had to work through it. But the thing that I did that most people don't do, or, you know, now more people are doing it, but is I gave up everything. I moved from my house, you know, my mom's, I, I left home. I quit my job. I quit college. Lost my scholarship with a four point oh. What was your What was your What was your scholarship in? Uh, culinary arts. I was. Uh, I did, used to do cooking competitions as well. Wow. And so I would. Uh, and so I had. I had won a ten thousand dollars scholarship for uh, one. You know, one. And I remember I had to pay all that back. And I was like, Ugh! you know, it's like. But it was. You know. That was, you know, it wasn't my passion and, you know, it was, uh, I was so in love with jujitsu and it's like, if I could find a way to make it work where I could just do it all day, every day and, you know, start trying to compete and, um, and with Lloyd that he made that, you know, he made that possible, you know, I got to sleep in the basement. I got the, you know, I just cleaned the, you know, I worked at the gym as far as, you know, vacuum and clean, like normal story. Most guys go through there where they, you know, they, they're in the gym all day, they're running classes and, um, you know, the, the, uh, just your, your normal gym rat. But I, uh. But I just did everything, you know, that I would, that it's like, well, it was explained to me really good one time as far as like, uh, like your, your work week, a normal work week is 40 hours. And anytime you work over 40 hours, you get paid overtime and overtime is really where you make money because that's time and a half. And so if my, if I could be at the gym six days a week, then that was my 40 hour work week. And if you can be at the gym three days a week, that's your 40 hour work week. 
So if I just start slacking because I'm going six days, that if, you know, if I take away a day from being lazy, that's that's I'm losing my I'm not even getting my full work weekend. And so I made sure, like, especially, you know, Lloyd had me do a lot of extra things like, you know, we were watching videos, taking notes. And, you know, there was just extra like it was, you know, it was like kind of like jujitsu at all times where it was just, you know, a flood of it in different and different forms. And so uh, it was just, you know, nonstop. It was, you know, it's uh forever you know what i mean like it was just like it was just immersion yeah constant immersion to make sure that you basically got what you needed constantly to become well a champ which you became right which is incredible um so like were you there around the same time that keenan was or did you were you already on your way like no man years apart years apart uh because I know I he's from Hawaii as well, right? He's he's a Hawaiian yeah, I kid. Keenan, I think I want to say Keenan came from the Big Island. Um, uh, what do you call it? And I know he uh, he I I don't remember what belt he went out to Lloyd's, but I had already I think I had already moved to Hawaii at this point. And that was like by 2010. Yeah, because um, I think he moved over to uh, Lloyd's as a as a blue belt, if I'm not mistaken. And um, oh wow, okay, okay. So yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure, but yeah, it was, the only one that was there with me at Lloyd's when I, you know, and that not even immediately late. It was a little bit later on. Was Ryan Hall? Oh shit, um, no way. Ryan's awesome. Yeah, so me, that dude. Yeah, me and Ryan used to, you know, yeah, that's one of my main training partners. I mean, we've got DVD sets to, you know, together where we you know we're demonstrating on each other and. Like uh, we you know, we were a big part of uh, uh of that marketing uh, back then together, and then uh, I think I I left the gym, you know, I had left already, and he was purple belt at that time, and then uh, and then I you know I I was in Cali, and I had moved on, and he got his brown and black, and now he's the amazing amazing uh, UFC fighter that he is. Yeah, I mean though it's kind of scary though, like how very few people want to fight him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't fight. I wouldn't want to fight him, and I. I rolled look. with him. When I, I rolled with him. I don't want to. I don't want to fight him either. Man, yeah. it was. It was. It was totally different. I remember. I remember like just, you know, beating Ryan up without with the greatest of ease because, you know, he had a particular style to him. And when I rolled with him this the, earlier this year, he ain't got that style no more. It was a totally different one, and it just it it was like, man, this is why you're doing so good in MMA. It's scary. Like it was. He's really good. It's awesome. That's pretty cool. So, like, so as a jiu-jitsu fan, obviously, I gotta ask. Um, you follow like the EBI stuff as well, right? Or do you not like follow any of that stuff? To be honest, I um, uh, this kind of correlates. If you want to know why I don't follow that much that stuff as much as often, I can give you that reasoning. Oh, for but, sure, uh, dude. If you want to give it, go for it. I mean, this well, is an open show. Saying, no, I know. I don't want to sound like I just don't pay attention, but uh, it's hard not to pay attention. Like, you can't not know who some of these guys are. You know what I mean? Like uh, John Calistine, uh, Eddie, um, Eddie Cummings, the, you know, the, 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 the death squad. squad. Like, you yeah. Can't, yeah. You can't not hear about these dudes. You know, it's like they're, they're, they're doing too good not to. So yeah, I, I do, do get to see some here and there, but um, I've been doing jujitsu now since, uh, you know, it's almost, it's, this is coming up on, uh, on 17 years mm-hmm. and around year four, uh, when I left, I, I had originally decided to leave uh, Lloyd's gym, not leave his gym, but like I needed, my mind was like, even no. at Purple Belt, but we were having talks, like I didn't, I was getting bothered by the immersion. Like I felt like I was lacking. I needed, I need my, I need, you know, I need my mom. I need mm-hmm. my family a little bit. I didn't see, you know, I didn't, I saw them so I could get out, but then it's like, I didn't really make enough to like leave like that. I couldn't just drive down, you know, I didn't have the money just to spend on gas and then, you know, you know, missed any days of work because, uh, you know, was, Lloyd was really strict about not missing classes because there was no one else to cover. So it was like, you know, I get it. But it was like it was really hard to get out and do things 
uh, for my personal self. Like, it, you know, I, I did get to come fly out and compete a lot, um, but those were really fast trips. You fly out Friday night, you get there, you compete Saturday, you get back on that plane, you're back by Sunday, you're ready for class on Monday. You know, like it was yeah, fast. It's, it, so. Those aren't trips. Those are just like you're getting out to like compete and go back home. That, that... Exactly. So it was a lot of that. And there was sometimes I got to stay, of course. But um, anyway, so at, at, by the time I got brown belt, I just told him, I was like, man, I got to go. I got, I was like, you got me for six more months if I can do that. And I'm go- I got to go. I got I don't know where I'm going, but I need. I'm like, do I need to go back to college? Do I need, you know, do I need that? Do I, it's like, you know, I just needed the other, the other spokes in my wheel. I needed more aspects to life. I needed, you know, family relationship. I needed, you know, you know, spirituality was lacking. Like there was a whole lot of, uh, I didn't know it at the time, but you know what I mean? I just, there was more things I felt like I needed. So right before I left, uh, Lloyd, um, he had sent me to, uh, Brazil for the world cup and the Mundials, And, uh, I submitted my way to the to third place with in the Copa del Mundo in the World Cup, which is and, amazing. Uh, it was awesome. I had like five fights, and I remember my and I submitted everyone except for my semifinal fight, which I lost, which was Tarsus Humphreys, and we had an amazing fight. I foot swept him, only got an advantage. He sandbagged me, only got an advantage. I pulled triangle, had him in the triangle, got my advantage, but he, I was a little bit too like high on his head, and he popped out with a really nice tight like guard pass, and then the Damn. timer he got his guard pass and the timer now, or right when I got back to guard, the timer now. And so it's like, man, we had a really good fight, like nothing to be upset about. And then he submitted his next dude in the finals. It's like, dude, we should have been the finals, dude, if we were submitting everybody like that. Yeah. And uh, it, it's one of those moments that you actually really kind of have a good match with someone. That, that That's the shit right. that you really love. I mean, granted, I don't compete as much and I'm going to be competing more this year goes, as it goes on. But even in my gym where you have that guy that you love to train with and you're like, if we were fighting the finals, you know, we'd go hard at each other and actually make it memorable. Right, right, right. And that's what it was. And and, and, and I had a lot of, like, uh, you know, guys that were there that knew me, like, were vouching, like, holy shit, that was awesome. And they, you know, so my coach heard word of it. And so when I came back, right before I split, he gave me the black belt. So I kind of, like, bullied my black belt in a little bit. Like, I'm like, I'm out, you know, but I, I still earned it. And then the following week, I won the American Nationals, you know, my first black belt tournament. And so I kind of, like, solidified it right afterwards just to let her, you know, because, you know, of course, there's people like, oh, you too fast, shouldn't get it. But then they couldn't say anything either because I just I just showed you I can do it. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, what's his face? Like My original trainer, Kenny Baker, I don't know if you actually mm-hmm. know him, um, but Kenny, no, Kenny actually is, he's an enigma, right? He's an enigma wrapped in a mystery because <laughs> this dude, like, I love telling this guy story to other black belts and other guys in jiu-jitsu because... You know how, like, you have praise for your for your first teacher because you get along with them and stuff, but... Also, it validates whether or not you're actually saying the truth. And again, this guy went and lived. He, he's best friends with Gunnar Nelson. So, like, um, you've probably, if you do see Gunnar, you've probably seen Kenny as well, like, in one of the training videos. Okay, but, okay. But Kenny went and, Kenny and Gunnar both trained under SBG, like, together in Manchester. And then they flew out to New York and lived together for a year to train under Henzo. But while they were training under Henzo, he met Braulio Steamer, who was, like, kicking ass in the UK. Mm-hmm. To get his, like, he got his, uh, brown belt i think in about three four years um and on the fourth year just before his fifth year, first of all he went to war with uh clark gracie on the mats like one of your types of matches that you had uh in the moon gels he mm. had that same match with like clark gracie in fact clark even said to him on the podium he was like hey man if i'm glad that wasn't a black belt match he was like why well, because you should be a black belt but if we went that one minute more you would have won because why was like i i couldn't beat you it's just re- it just, i lucked out mm. and won like it was an advantage win but they're like really good friends and i think that's cool uh, about okay, jiu-jitsu yeah, yeah, like yeah. 
That's awesome. Uh, uh, well, that's what I love about jiu-jitsu as apart from like Thai boxing, which is the original discipline I'm from. You knock someone's ass out. It's never like, oh, we're good friends now. It's like, yeah, fuck yeah, you. I'm yeah. like, I want to fight you again. <laughs> jiu-jitsu, it's like, you just choked me out with a badass choke. Let's train together. <laughs> Show me how you do this shit and let's fight in the finals. And now you have like two completely different games going at each other. It's like mind-blowing. Like, you don't think Hodolfo and Bushesha have trained together? Of course they train together. They've had like moments where they've like rolled privately somewhere. It works, but with Kenny, um, the way he got his black belt was legendary. In my opinion, I only got told this, and I got told by like a couple of really good friends of mine. Braulio went down to Plymouth, where I lived, and where I got into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, to do a seminar for Tom Barlow, and uh, Kenny took um, Braulio's back for eight and a half minutes, and like almost subbed him. Like wow. in it, and the thing is, Braulio doesn't go easy. Braulio's like he goes, no. he goes hundred percent if he's just like training with you. He's awesome, yeah. Yeah, and Kenny's reactive, so like if you go light with him, he goes light with you. If you go heavy with him, he'll go heavy with you. So Kenny's got Braulio's back, and he's about to tap him, and the buzzer goes, and Braulio's like, give him a, like, get me a black belt right now, because why goes he's getting his black belt today? <laughs> like without right. just it was like that moment right. of like that was he, trial That's by fire. But he took it, yeah. But the only problem is that he got back problems uh, and has like he stopped competing so much, which was really sad because he's a great coach and he's a great comp- uh, competitor. But the reason I actually brought him up more than anything was because it's that idea that no matter how quickly you get it, you can prove that you've actually got your black belt. Because jiu-jitsu is the one martial art where if you're a black belt, you pretty much are a black Like There's very few people who can like actually like say you're a fake black belt. There's some that mm. try, and of course, you know, there's some fake black belts that do get in, and they get outed almost immediately. Um, but like, if you fought, if you fought someone else, like with they're very, very, very tight on lineage, which which is something I really, really love. So my question from here, it's really weird. So there's like three questions I want to ask you. But the one question I really want to ask you particularly: What did you find was the great that was the toughest challenge for you when it came to competitions? Um. And I, I'm just going to preface and context this for a moment. So like, I have people I train with, and I have this as well. It's like, on the mats in the gym, I'm really, really nice and friendly with people. I don't roll hard. But the moment I'm at a competition, I'll go for, I'll, I'll go for you. Like, I don't care who you are. I will go for you because I want to tap you out. <laughs> that is my only goal. But I've had people say, oh, I don't know how to switch that mindset or there are these different challenges. So that's the two questions. One how do you approach training and competitions? And two, how do you switch the mindset between going hard and going easy? Um, I think from uh, this go, this all ties even back with the, the you know earlier. I got my black belt in two thousand five. I've been um, training for seventeen years. I've been training three times more than three times longer than it took me to get the thing. Yeah, and. You have different, like, you know, it, I'll give you this. So competition stopped, stopped being my focus. My biggest issue in competition probably was just being nervous. I didn't have any big issues. Like, there was never, like, nothing, you know I mean, nothing outside the normals. Like, I would, I got nervous just like everybody else. I would be fine. And if I started thinking about it, I'd get butterflies. I'd get, you know, chicken skin. I'd start sweating. I, you know, I just like anyone. And then when I get to close to the tournament, you know, I have panic attacks and, you know, that it would get to that point at some time. So I would even just sleep before matches. Like I would just slump over. I've been woken up many a time to get on the mat. Uh, <laughs> luckily, uh, the, I'm, you know, these people remember me and I, yeah, I try to be nice to everyone and not, you know, in that way, at least if there is something like that, they'll come find me. 
And uh, because like I really do, I just have to get my mind out of there and and uh, at least for the competition. But what happened is like, and this is I I have talks with gyms when I do seminars. It's like, why are you training? Like, why do you train right now? Adil? why do you why do you train? Uh, oh, man, I it that that's a really weird question. That's a fun question to ask. Okay, so the reason I train is it jujitsu got me back in shape and. The reason why I is I, I got I got tired of doing Thai boxing because Thai boxing mm. was fun. I mean, I had a very accomplished record. I had a really good career. I trained people and stuff. But jiu-jitsu, it was someone tapped me out like five times in a row in like five minutes. And immediately, my, instead of being angry about it, my brain went, I need to do this because my ground game is shit. My stand game is amazing. And now why I kept going was I fell in love with the... Because but the way my brain works is you can show me a concept once and I'll get it forever, um, and I'll drill it constantly. I just love doing stuff like that, and it's you know it's built for my body because I've got long, I'm tiny torso, long limbs, and I'm flexible as all hell. So you factor in all the things I'm like, and you find me a sport that I'm good at and I actually enjoy. It's jujitsu because it allows me to have uh, an outlet for aggression, which a lot of mm-hmm. people don't want to admit, but that is an outlet for aggression. True, it's, right. It, it's a place for me to actually find peace and serenity. Um, and also it's an outlet for creativity because I'm not just sitting there. And, like the thing about jujitsu is it's constantly evolving and there's no, um, how do I put this? There's no way of doing something the right way. And the, well, there is a way of doing it the right way and the wrong way. But what I mean is you don't get chastised or yelled at for doing it the wrong way. What you get is you get experience. Okay. I'm going to try and armbar this fool in a really weird way. You try and armbar them. They get out, they pass your guard immediate that's like an immediate effect and result right and that's what i love about it it's like in the moment results like as soon as you mm-hmm. do something you get a you get a feedback loop that tells you whether you're going the right way or the wrong way what you can improve on so that's actually probably why i train it's it, it's I, w- I don't want to say it in a derogatory way but it's a spot it's a smart person sport it's a sport designed to help you think while simultaneously working your body i like yeah very true like a very like a physical puzzle yeah Pretty much. I like the term human chess, but honestly, it's more physical puzzle. Plus, there is, a, I joke about this all the time, but it's a reality for me. I love doing jiu-jitsu because um, I think it was a, a study, a scientific study said that a person needs to be cuddled at least once a day. They need to get a hug from someone else at least once a day. So physical contact is good for their mental health. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're social creatures for sure. Yeah. So doing jiu-jitsu, you're basically, and I always joke about this with my friends that don't know what jiu-jitsu is. I'm like, it's 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 uh, cuddle fighting. What do you mean? You're Most yeah. of the time you're cuddling. Yeah. You're just fighting at the same time. So you're not really worried about what's going on. But it's a cuddle fight. And I know that demeans the entire sport, and I apologize to the people who listen to this, like, I'm going to fucking kill him. Like, fair enough. But what I'm getting at is um, it, it allows me to have that physical touch and allows me to actually really uh, connect with people on a much deeper level. Because, you know, once someone chokes you out or puts you in a, in a submission or you have a really good match with someone, you're bonded to them. They're like your best friend now. <laughs> Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. <clears throat> yeah. So how about you? What's, uh, what about you? Well, that was part of uh, so it, it it's changed. Like the first thing you said is the first thing I do before exercise. I love it that it keeps me in shape. It's something that I enjoy doing. Uh, you know, same same things. It's not only an aggressive outlet. I like that it feeds my ego in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like I get to, you know, as far as like I'm gonna make this happen. Boom, and I get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I'm you know at the same time while I'm trying to improve my jujitsu. Like 
those feelings feel good, but on the same on the same turn of it, I I don't care if you do something back to me. It's all fun. It's all good. It's all learning. Um, you know, so I love the it's you know to not not just the positive ego side of it, but I like the I like the you know what I mean. It's fun when you see other people improve and they starting to do that stuff to you. Now you've got to you know like you said, come back and figure out that other positioning and whatnot. But number one would be exercise, keep myself yeah. in shape. But my reasons for training changed a long time ago and i tell this at a lot of seminars like um i used to train for competition my jujitsu when you go in the gym when we train our jujitsu is based off cbjj rules or ibjjf mm-hmm. meaning no reaping no slams and all that stuff and you know the basic rules yeah um i go to a tournament in brazil uh as a black belt first i'm only a black belt like five months and or six months and it's uh, 2006 World Championships, um, and uh, I think it's my second or third round, second round, and I have uh, Daniel Moraes, and uh, if I win this, I'm going on into meddling rounds. Okay. And so this is huge. This is like my first time as a black belt. I'm on a, I'm, I've just beat two guys, and now I've got Daniel Moraes, and uh, um, so we go in the match, and at one point, he, he gets a takedown at the very beginning, and I get him an arm lock. And I, I and if you can see that there's pictures of it as well, or I have pictures of it. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, I hook the leg, and why do we hook the leg when you do an arm bar from the guard? So, so you the don't get, they can't yeah, slam you. Don't get slammed, right? That's the whole reason for the technique. But in IBJJF rules, slams are not legal. So why should I have to hold on to that leg? And limit how much I can armbar you if you're not even allowed to slam me. Yeah, it's so kind of like what I did. And you... Go ahead. No, I was just saying. Yeah, you basically are. It's something you don't have to worry about. You're like, yeah, well, I don't need to do this. Correct. Full, full I, should, I should not have to worry about you punching me in the face, slamming my head, you know, pulling my hair. I shouldn't have to worry about these kind of things. I shouldn't have to defend against eye gouges. But he uh, he slams me. As soon as I let go, you can see me make the decision to let go of his leg and to really focus on his arm. And I pop it. Pop, pop. Mm-hmm. And I feel the pink. You know what I mean? Just the next thing I feel is like my forehead touch my stomach. And it's like, what the? And, you know, it was like a little flash knockout. I didn't know what happened for a second. And, um, you know, and like Bill Cooper's right next to the match. Like there's, you know, it's like it was a, it was, it was a full crowd. It's, it's the black belt, you know, quarters and semis. Like everybody's watching these matches. And, um, and, uh. And so uh, it got, caused a huge, you know, fuss, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't overturn it, and not even admit, you know, they wouldn't do anything at the time. Like I just, you're just, ah, sorry, you lose. And What's... we took it right to Carlinos, and they wouldn't do anything for us. So after that match, it didn't make me not love jujitsu or competition, but it just made me realize I've been training for the wrong, I've been training for the wrong reason. Like that is not realistic. That was I've, I've, I played into a rule set. Like that's like that's like somebody going and ro- you know I'm going out on the street and someone's about to rob me and I, they say hey give me your money and I go to get, you know or like you know and they have you a, a, a knife on me and then I think okay if I give you the money you're not gonna stab me and then I give you the money and then you stab me you know what I mean like ah you know I put my morals on you I should have known better you know what I mean like I can't but I can't trust what you say you're gonna let me be safe if I give you this I have to assume you're just you're here to kill me you're here to do whatever you know you pulled that knife out for a reason. You know, and so in the same, you know, that's a bit, you know, more in depth, but I played into their rules when that's not, you can't, you know what I mean? I, I should have never let go of the leg in that sense. You know, I should have, you know, I, if, if I, you know, if cheating's allowed 
in that sense. So, you know, I mean, it just made me think about jujitsu in a different way as far as why I was training. So I stopped the way I was focusing on training. I stopped, uh, I stopped, um, I stopped developing my jujitsu to be based on the gi. I still use the gi. I love and respect it, but I don't rely on it. I do not rely on it. Something that is not going to be there when the time, you know, if you attack me on the beach in a pair of shorts, I don't got that lapel grip. I don't have that worm guard. I don't, I don't have these grips to play with. My jujitsu has to be based off something else. So I just changed the way I started. You know, I, I kept it, I would say more MMA based. Like I like, you know, I like to think about punches and all those things and being smart and safe and about, you know, real life aspect of it. And so I kind of developed my jujitsu to be that way. And then, uh, you know, I just changed my foot, my whole focus of how, of, of what direction I was taking it. And so now, you know, that's, that's, and that's still the involvement of my jujitsu now. Like, you know, it's hard, like after, you know, man, what is it? 15, I think, uh, not 15. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, Wait, 14 years of being yeah. a black belt. Yeah. It's like, how, you know, what do you focus on? Yeah. You don't focus on getting the belts no more. Like I, the positions, like you, this is what you did to get there. Now it's like, where does your, you know, where does it take you? And so it's kind of gone through that. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, I love the fact that you actually did change your uh, change your position on things, but also at the same time, you actually instigated the rule change, which is why they have three referees now for black belt matches. Yeah, oh, that was that was you. <laughs> so yeah, no, they 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 had, uh, they wrote they gave me an apology. They never, I never got anything. I've never, <laughs> they never said anything to me. They even, they, it was funny too at the time. Um, what do you call it? Uh, they suspended the referee for four months or whatever. That was what they had told me. and Or not told me. That's what I had heard, that they had suspended the referee for four months. But back in this day, there wasn't that many tournaments in Brazil like that. Like, what do you mean? Like, he's banned for – like, you you suspended him for a time. You didn't have any tournaments coming anyway? Yeah, I mean, like, that's pointless. You know, there wasn't – it was, it was like that was no, you know, that was no real deal. And they did, they did, they did put the match on the 2006 Worlds DVD. I think it's one with Shanji on the cover, um, which that, as you know, those DVDs are only Simeon Simeon finals. So uh, uh, that was a quarterfinal match that they put on there. And uh, you know, I think, I think just, I don't know, I, I'm guessing to show that it was, you know, hey, it was a mistake. But, you know, it wasn't no, like, apology, but they did put a non-meddling round match on there, um, maybe to show it. I don't understand. I don't know what what, what their reasoning was, but uh, maybe that was... A, uh, maybe because it was a really good match and you were winning, and to show, don't be an asshole about stuff. <laughs> well, they cut out all the good parts then. That would all be yelling at the end. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I could just imagine that, just you yelling at a referee. Oh, man. So, the reason I actually asked earlier about, like, whether or not you watch GBI and stuff like that is because... Um, Travis, God, I can't remember his name. You know, judo dude. Super yeah, Travis dude. Stevens, I think. Is That's that right? the one, yeah. That dude got his belt in like, his black belt in 18 months. And it's funny wow. because, yeah, because like he got uh, he got his black belt under Danaher in 18 months, but it's because he was a, like probably the best judo dude from America that's ever mm. come out of there. So it's like, okay, we can see why he advanced. But even he was getting heckled about how quickly he got his black belt until he had to compete and basically just tap everyone and be like, yeah, this is why I got my Bible. Now shut up and let me. Yeah, like it's not you know that's not fair to constrain someone who's dedicated their life to an art that in, that has the same techniques. You know what I mean? Like he, he's doing a, you know, besides some like you know confinement rules. You know, judo has you know the you know the arm the arm locks the the chokes. They're the same as the jujitsu ones. Yeah, exactly. We only put the only reason that they're different is because we put them on a little bit more efficiently, but they're the same. 
Well, yeah, they're, and their focus isn't that. Their focus is throws. Like so, that you know what jujitsu lacks. Jujitsu doesn't have a foot game. It just has the ground game. Exactly, and also it scares the living shit out of me whenever I get double. Whenever I get uh, thrown around, it genuinely oh, terrifies man. me. Like that is like Very hands true. down probably the most scariest feeling in the world. I'm like, okay, I still need to remember how to break fall. Damn it! <laughs> um, <laughs> I was having this conversation with a friend of mine this morning because uh, it bugs the shit out of me how scared I am of going for a double leg takedown even though I'm actually really good at them <laughs> like it, it's one of the craziest things it's like if I go for because like the MMA thing in me is if I go for a double leg I'm gonna get kneed in the face but at the same time if I go for a double leg because uh, the way I go for a double leg is I always put my knee right between the like I try and go as far cl- uh, as far back as I can so if they're in like a fight stance I try and go for, to the back foot through their legs so my shoulder hits them first. I can go for a double leg. Mm. But, the, but the only problem with that is when I did that once in MMA, uh, like years ago, uh, some guy threw a flying knee and caught me straight in the nose. Oh. So I was like, you asshole, this hurts so goddamn much. <laughs> Just oh. sat there like holding my nose, bleeding out. Like, oh, we don't want to do that again. God damn it. But um, mm. so they, again, yeah, that will put some fear in you about going for a, for a, for a double oh, leg God. takedown at a time. You just you just gave me six more months of guard pulling. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but I was gonna say like <laughs> that's my, okay. That's all, I'm a butt scooter all the time. Oh, uh, I know. Like team butt scoot all the way. Uh, but my favorite thing to do, like honestly, that I'm so glad. I, I was pissed as a white belt when they took this away from me because it was my only way to get the game to the ground. Jump guard. Excellent. Oh uh, yeah. That's my favorite thing. But to be fair, I got told like all the people that fucked up their knees jumping guard because they couldn't like handle it. I'm like, partially that's the guy that's standing there. He should know how to position his legs. But it's partially also the guy that's jumping guard. Because I've never had that problem. If you're jumping guard, you want to put your thigh on the hip. That's what you want to aim for. You don't, like, throw it from a mile out. Otherwise, you're going to hurt yourself. Right. I, it's funny you said that because I just had a, a, a situation with that at a, at a gym I was visiting. And uh, my girlfriend, my girlfriend actually got to witness it firsthand where she was like, oh, that looked cool. And then I was like, oh, let me explain something real quick. And I showed her the videos of how that goes wrong. <laughs> but it wasn't the fact it's like if I visited your gym and I came and I'm a visitor and I came to your gym and I rolled with you and you you are six foot tall and I am five foot five. I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if you jumped guard, but I wouldn't expect you to. Yeah, not. Because you're a visitor. At, not at six foot. Not at six foot tall. And now I was at this gym, and this dude, not only six, six plus. Okay. Like he's two he's ten, two fifteen. He's a big boy. I'm Ooh. five six, and I'm about, I'm about one hundred and seventy pounds. Damn. He flew, jump, jump, fly, and go. I mean, this was like this was intense. Like, like really good competition speed. And I luckily jumped up at the last second just enough to like kick my legs back. And it's like, what, that could, I was like, all I could do is just flash at how that was going to go bad. And yeah. it was like, why did you, at such a large, as such a large man, choose that as your first technique against me being like so much, like, holy crap, I'm not that tall. Like, it's <laughs> like, you had to really like get low and fly. And so it just blows my mind. It's like, you know, that you can hurt someone. Like, I, I totally get the rule, but if you're the same size, I totally get it. Yeah. It. It's, it's... I jump like that. It, but if a, I'm going against like if I see like a 115 pound dude or 120 pound dude, I'm not jumping my big ass right next to your thighs, dude. That's mean. Yeah, that's I'm gonna cripple you. I mean, it's the same. It's the same reason why I never use this technique against, say, a girl in my class. 
it's yeah. because like uh, first of all being six foot tall you, you're pretty much in a high enough percentile of about the top 15 or top 10 percent of the people in the world that are tall right if you're six two you're in the top two percent that should just give you like an examination of like how rare it is to be six foot tall then you throw in the fact that you're actually rolling with someone that is like i don't know 20 30 pounds at the minimum smaller than you right they're not gonna be able to hold your weight and you're gonna hurt them so like again the only time i ever jump guard is for the guys heavier than me and he's above five five eight if he's like five seven five eight i'm like he can handle me he can take this if they're shorter than that i'm like no it goes bad both ways i had i'll give you another story you get slammed Uh, this was at city i'll even give you it was it was at city boxing when i was teaching in 2006 and uh, I remember I was staying with Brandon Vera, and he had a bunch of the UFC guys and fighters over training at the gym. And I was finishing up my class, and it was a no gi class. And uh, I'm looking over because there's like, you know, it's Brandon. There was like, uh, who else? I think Rampage might have been there. Um, oh. Do you know who Terry Sokaju is? Yep. Okay. Man, I oh. love watching that dude fight. I oh, he is crazy. Like, he's someone I would oh. not want to, like, take on. But... So get this. Terry looks over at me when they're when they're when they're and remember I'm only five 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 and, and almost you know oh, give me that inch five six. Sokuju's like six two if I remember correctly. He's six, massive and he's like, hey, do you want to train? And I'm like, sure. So I just I lay back. I put him in my clothes guard. Not we're not rolling yet. I'm we're still setting up. We shake hands. No lie. Within the first, I'm the moment our hands clasped, this dude jumped up. Remember, I'm on my back. He's in my close guard. He does a front flip, like a front roll dive over me, and we do a full 360. Woo! Boom! Yeah. I'm back on my back. He's back on his knees in my guard. I let go. I'm like, hey, we're done. I'm st- That's enough. I was like, holy shit. That was the scariest thing in my life. Like, why was that the first technique you wanted to do against me? Like, oh, man. Like, I was so crazy. I Like, it, it still blows my mind to this day that a front flip was the first thing Terry Sokers, you decided to do inside my guard. So I was like, I don't want to roll anymore. I'm going to get hurt. I always find that really str- – like, this is something that I'm uh, finding more and more. It's like people get butt hurt when you tell them you don't roll them because you don't want to get injured. Like, like oh, my God. Why would you not – like, the, okay, I'm not going to say his name, but there's this dude in my gym um, – I don't roll with him ever again. He's like on the blacklist of people I'll never ever fucking roll with. Because uh, last in the last year, the dude's injured me twice. Like really stupid shit. And then I, like, I'd forgive him. Here's the thing. I'm really forgiving with all my partners. Cause I'm like, oh, you know, I'm hypermobile. So I got, um, wait, can you actually go on camera for a second or no? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to put my camera on. I'm going to show you this. So like, let me know when you can see me. Can you see me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah yes, sir. Right, so this is how straight people arms are, right? You know, normal people's yeah. arms. This is where mine goes wow. when it's straight. Right, so I've got like a good extra, it goes Whoa. beyond 180 for uh, arm bars and for um, shoulder locks. Like, if you put me in a shoulder lock, I'm not going to tap because it's not because of an ego thing, it's because I feel no fucking pain there. Like, um, like complete side story to the side story. Uh, Braulio Estimo was doing a seminar uh in 2015 that's why i first fucking met him he's a great guy like been friends with him for a while now we're there braulio is teaching uh from side control how what you want to do is trap the arm between your legs and loop your foot around and catch the wrist and then straighten your foot out so it puts them into like i think it's a kimura or an americana but just puts them in a shoulder lock from your feet right right everyone else is tapping out braulio my, my training partner can't get me a tap 
So he goes, Braulio, I think this technique doesn't work. So Braulio puts me in this position. I still don't tap. And Braulio looks at me and goes, he's just a freak. That's all it is. And then just like walks off. I'm like, thanks, Braulio. So there's a, it was a fun little thing. But this dude, um, so I'll forgive anyone that says, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't mean to do anything. So this guy's like messed up my arm a couple of times. But then he rolls with me. And it, like, this is the thing that pisses me off. So if you're in jiu-jitsu or you think about doing jiu-jitsu, don't fucking do this. Because... I'm nice, but there are people that are not nice and they will hurt you for this in response. When you get told, when you go, okay, cool. Hey, can we roll light? Can we do a light roll? My answer is always going to be yes. Mike, can you still hear me? Hello? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, but there you are. Oh. Cool. For a second, I lost you. But like, um, if someone says to you, um, let's roll light. You're obviously, I don't know about you, in my mind, I go, okay, cool, I'm, I'm going to like completely drop everything, we're going to go easy, we're going to flow, we're going to have fun, right? We're not really going to try and fight each other, I'm going to put a little pressure on them, but not too much. As soon as I clapped hands with this dude, and he's a little bit, he's like 5'4", I think, um, clapped hands with him, and I, I'm a guard player, so obviously I'm going to sit on my back. So I'm sitting there on my butt, I'm butt scooting along, he goes to pass my guard, I hold him off, and I can feel his frustration, because he goes from very light to competition speed knee slices grabs my arm and almost arm bars me i managed to get out he mounts me he goes for my shoulder and i'm all cool like if someone's gonna go for a shoulder block i'm like i'm prepared you know you're not gonna ever crank that thing fully he instead of like slamming it to the ground and then putting it on he went straight from zero to a hundred full like rotation like just put snap snap that thing in um he almost tore my rotates cuff off and the problem with that was uh I looked at the guy, I was like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And he was like, oh, you're rolling with someone else and they must have hurt you. I was like, no, no, no. They put me in this lock, but they didn't tap me. They didn't even get close to it. You just almost snapped it. So you didn't, uh, you know, that was one of those situations where you're like, if you just apologized, I'd be cool with you. But yeah, I didn't, yeah. so now I can't. So like now, every time he comes to the gym, he's like, hey, let's roll. I'm like, no. And right, you can just right, see right. in his face, he's like, why won't you roll with me? I'm like, because you injured me like three times in the last 16 months. Go away. I'm not rolling with you. I, I know what you mean. It's a, uh, it's like if someone calls you an asshole and you're like, no, I'm not. If that's not for you to decide, you're, you're not being an asshole to yourself. It's you're an asshole to everyone else. Pretty much. <laughs> okay, so something I did want to read. Uh, I'm curious about because um, you also did study marketing for a little while as well. Like, who is someone yes, that you really looked up to in the marketing world? Because I know you sp you spoke about Matt Fury because <laughs> you know that's something we uh, connected. Um, it's all good. Well, to be honest, I don't know if I looked up to anyone. I was, I was because I spent so much time with Lloyd, and he was, uh, you know, Lloyd didn't have downtime. Like if we we're in the car, like we listen to music randomly, but he had, he had marketing tapes going, you know. So it was the biggest one that comes to mind is Dan Kennedy. Like that was yeah. always the, you know, there was he was always on his, uh, uh, you know, the the just you know whatever DVD or I mean CDs that Lloyd would be uh, playing and whatnot, but um. It was a few people. I mean, it was not even just, uh, I don't know if like, you know, the teachers of it, like, you know, we, we paid a lot of attention to Matt Fury um, and his, you know, the way, just the copywriting. And um, it wasn't so much me. I was kind of like getting all this on the side and like, yeah. uh, you know, learning, learning it, uh, you know, second-handed. Yeah. Um, but the one thing he also had us do is um, we were kind of trained for every position in the gym. Um you know, you could teach class, you could answer phones, you could, you know, you could do intro, you, you know, you could, you know, whatever the, the job needed to be, everyone could kind of swap in and out. That way, you know, you never really down anyone if someone's out. And so, you know, you'd have to answer the calls. So we had, uh, 
what is it? Tom Tom Hopkins, How to yep. Master the Art of Selling. Yep. Uh, that was one. Like I really, you know, I I just like that book in general. Like it was just, you know, whether you uh, whether you sell or not, that was a good book mm-hmm. uh, as far as just how things work. Um, you know, the this, the, you know, as far as dealing with people, the psyche of it. It was really, I I really thought that was a good one. But um, I'm trying to think anyone else I can think of. I think that's really it. Yeah, you got, you got some great dudes though. Like you got Fury, Kennedy, and Hopkins, like three fucking legends. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. All right, so like real quickly, like just uh, real shouts. I'm curious, what are some of your favorite movies? Favorite movies? Uh, number one would be Willow. Okay. Uh, just, I, I just, I'm, I, I'm a nerd. I like, I like the, uh, the, the Tolkien, the, you know, the, 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 you know, Lord of the Rings type, all that. That's, that's, that was that. But let's see, Willow would be at the top. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of another another good one um monty python in the quest for the holy grail the nights that say neat are always the best yeah man that one that's my uh my stepdad got me into monty python when i was young it was in uh, it's i I love it's 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 super obscure now i feel but it's uh that's one of my one of my favorites too you know what's really weird like people say monty python is obscure but if you look at every great comedian and stuff like that they all freaking love monty python like, right, right. Because they're so cool, they're so chill, and it it just. Well, now it's, it's just, I feel like if I mention Monty Python to anyone, you know, they they're like who, and it's like ah, uh, never mind, you know. Or if I, you know, like even like uh, I remember my mom would always watch Abfab, and it was like oh no, no way. one, I don't, you know, that not many, you know, even in America really pay attention on what that one is, and then it's like even you know, so it's like, but those are super funny, like those are good, those are good shows. Oh man, Abfab was so brilliant, just because. Um... Wait, is your mom British or something? Because that's like a really British show. Yeah, my mother was born in Italy. She was born in Taranto, and oh, then nice. uh, when she was four, her family they moved to uh, moved to Wales, and then she was in Wales, I believe, until I don't know. I think that's where she learned to speak English, and then I think they moved to uh, they moved out of Wales later on, maybe when she was like sixteen, seventeen, like to Bahrain, maybe even a little bit before that. But uh, yeah, she that's where she learned to speak English. And, you know, went to school at. That's awesome. That's so cool, dude. You have like such an interesting life, like because like I'm, you know just travel around, and do all these crazy fun things. So I gotta ask, because uh, you said that you did you you were in culinary school and you and you competitively cooked. What was your cuisine? Um, to, uh, personally, it was always Italian, just because of mom. That was God damn it. Yeah. I'll tell you why. God yeah. damn it. In a minute, please continue on. <laughs> um, just uh, because I, my my mom was very. Uh, she was very ins- insistent, like, or yeah, I, I guess as for me as a child to be self-sufficient, like, you know, as early as I could, I you know, she could, you know, here's, here's where your dirty clothes go. If you, if you're going to do a load, here's how you do it. You know, if I was going to get, you know, before I was going to drive, they made, you know, she's like, you got to learn stick. You know, she's like, you're getting a job as soon as you're able to work, you need to start paying for things, you know? And so she kind of prepared me for, you know, she was, her, you know, her and my stepdad as well. But, um, she was just, she, you know, she made sure I learned how to cook, and the first thing was the sauce. You know, and so I'd start doing the sauce when I come home from school and leave it on low, and then I could go play. Like it, she didn't really care about my homework. She's like, she knew that was taken care of. She's like, make sure that sauce is ready when I come home. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so that kind of kickstarted. But that that's that's just where I I, I think I had the most like uh, experience. But uh, 
but I, you know, I, I really don't limit it to, to any one cuisine because I, uh, I pull a little bit from everywhere. And I, I even had a food truck for a while when I was in Hawaii. So I even, uh, you know, got to experiment a little. That's so cool. But the reason I said got down to the Italian thing is because, um, fun fact to a few people that don't actually know this, uh, I'm actually part Sicilian. Oh, wow. That's where my surname is Sicilian. Um, I actually didn't find that out until I was 18 and then did a DNA test uh, a couple of years ago and I was like, no, you have like a little bit of Sicilian blood in you. I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. I fucking love that. But the reason I say God damn it to it is because I was talking to, uh, my new instructor today, uh, Rafael, um, Colonese. I, I cannot say his surname, but he's, he's awesome and from Brazil. He's, he's a lightweight as well. 26. Awesome dude. We were walking back to like the, uh, to the train station to actually get the tube because he was going home and I was going, uh, he was going to his place. I was going to mine. And we're heading off, and uh, I found out that he he loves cooking as well because we're both doing a weight cut right now. And he's like, "No, I love." I was like, "What type of food do you like cooking?" He's like, "I love Italian food." I've never met anyone that loves martial arts that doesn't love cooking, and particularly they don't love cooking Italian food. <laughs> it's just like it's it's delicious. Like it goes hand in hand. Yeah, um, I I have a theory though. Every great fighter, every every person that loves fighting is a cook. In my opinion, because um, if you look at Ali, like even Muhammad Ali, he loved cooking. He opened up a burger joint at one point as well because he loved cooking and he worked at that. Um, you have like freaking Anderson Silver loves cooking. He loves barbecues and shit. <laughs> that <laughs> Who means... doesn't love barbecues? I was going to say uh, vegans. Oh, <laughs> there, you are, there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, even, well, they like stuff raw and weird, so I'm like, fair enough, go away. No, no one invited you to this barbecue. You can have a drink and sit somewhere else. Go away. <laughs> oh, my God, it's just brilliant. But, Mike, I've got to say, uh, so any last bits of advice to the people that are taking up jiu-jitsu right now and struggling with it? Like, what advice would you give them that really helps their game? Um, if anything, I would say don't be afraid to write things down. Uh, I think people always tend to like think note taking is strictly for school and, uh, it is a school. Like if you, you know, if it takes, you know, if you go to university for four years to get a degree, uh, and you couldn't do that without bringing that notebook and pen and your books to, to school, like you're not going to, if you showed up to that school without any notebooks, how long or you know, any, writing anything down, how long will it take you to get that degree? And not in four years, you might get it in 12 or like, you know, it just compares the same thing to jujitsu. I feel like most people treat it as a hobby and they don't, uh, they don't give it, you know, they, they expect different results when they're putting in like a hobbyist effort, which is fine, but just take it serious. Like, you know, whatever you've learned in class, write that thing down, catalog it. Um, you know, I have my notebooks, but that's a whole nother discussion in itself. That's how, my, you know, how, I, how I set my notebook up, but it, it, you know, it makes it more simple and it lays it out in front of you. And you, you know, if you can lay your game out in front of you or lay your, you know, your, your jujitsu, it's, it's easier to see where things are weak at. Well, I don't really know too much from this position. I got to work on that there. And, uh, you know, and that'll really, I think help, help you grow because it's like, it's like, you don't even, you don't even know what your knowledge is. Like, yeah, you know, you got stuff going on in your head and you attend class and you retain things and you do these things, but like, put that out and put it all out in front of you like everything and then start to see where oh man i'm lacking here i need something else here i only got one thing from here maybe i should get something else from that position and now you can say you know you can start to see which way you want to gear your game towards her uh you know there's just tons of routes with it but i think i feel like the biggest thing is uh like i said that 40 hour work week anything extra you put in so if you're attending jiu-jitsu classes bringing your notebook i believe is something extra that's that's more than the more than the normal, you know, reviewing it at home or, you know, drawing little, you know, diagrams to go with things like those are all little things you can do that I think 
it it'll just if you keep it consistent it'll you know over time it'll just you'll naturally just pick up that progression you know what I mean it'll just it'll everything will come easier and I, but that's just my personal you know uh, experience with it. That's pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot. But yeah, dude, thank you again for actually being on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I hope you had as much of a blast as I did interviewing you. Yeah, yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, very much. So, guys, go. Sorry about the background noise. Real last minute. There's some asshole like doing some construction work at this time. Base doing his job. So it's fine. But I was gonna say, guys, check out Mike Fowler on um, Instagram. The Fowler Effect. F O W L E R Effect. Um, Dude's just a good guy, as you've heard. He knows his shit, and it's actually brilliant. Even if you're not a jiu-jitsu fan, I guarantee you will actually really like to like, just follow him and stuff. Uh, Mike, thanks again for being on here, man. Really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys, I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.